Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. Because you are faithful, because you are good, your word is quick, your word is powerful, your word is sharper than any two-edged sword, and I ask, Lord, you speak through me today. I pray, Lord, for spirit of wisdom and understanding over the heart and the minds of everyone here, and everyone hearing me or listening to me on the internet, Facebook, YouTube, and on the website, in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Today, in the short time that we have, I am going to speak to you briefly on what I titled The Power of Self-Examination. The Power of Self-Examination. I want you to say The Power of Self-Examination. Self-Examination is something that It's a good thing that everyone must do regularly. Anyone that will do well, anyone that will fulfill their potential in life, uh, both in your Christian work and in your life as a whole, whether it has to do with your career, whether it has to do with your relationship, whether it has to do with your health, whether it has to do with the choices you make in life, how you live, People will practice this, uh, this skill, they do very well in their lives. They do so well because we all come to this world with what is called potential, all right? Potential. Potential is what we are capable of and we haven't done yet, right? Potential are what God put inside of us, you know, that hasn't come out yet, and a lot of times, it requires a lot of life skills. It requires a, lot, a combination of life skills, especially the ones that are learned, circumstances of lives, having great teachers, great people in your life, to be able to maximize the potential that God has given to us. And one of those skills is that ability to be able to self-examine yourself. Praise the name of Jesus. Because the beauty of life is constant improvement, constant improvement. The beauty of also working with God, it is continuous transformation, all right? So if you don't experience continuous upward transformation, you are not having a great life. You're not having the best life. You're not living the best life. You're just counting time. And my goal is you will not just live your life counting time. You will not just be like Methuselah, who lived 960-something years, but there was really nothing that we can say he achieved in his life. God has not put you just to live life, go to work, come, do a job you don't like, you know, come to the house you don't like, you know, hang out with people you don't enjoy hanging out with, just living life, you know, just like that. No. God wants you to move from one level to the other. Hallelujah. 
And there are lot, some scriptures that I always like that inspire me. One of them is Psalm 84, verse 7 says, They go from strength to strength till they appear before God in Zion. There's another one that says, Everyone that appears before God in Zion, they go from strength to strength. You know, in the things of God, in your walk with God, if you're a child of God, you must go in increasing progression. You must go from strength to strength because that is how God designed it to be. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, the Bible says, We all with unveiled faces, we behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We are being transformed. I want you to say being transformed. It's not just transform, it's continuous transformation to the same image from glory to glory. He's saying here that if you're a child of God, there's a veil that has been removed. That means you do it with unveiled faces, right? And you behold the glory of God. You, you behold Christ. Christ is the express expression of God's glory. The Bible calls him the express image of his glory. And the Bible says, as we behold him through his word, through fellowship, through our relationship with him, what happened to us is we are transformed. And we are transformed from one glory to the other. The Bible commands us in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, that we must grow in grace. Hallelujah. Even something as the grace of God must abound in our life. Hallelujah. So the beauty of Walking with God and the beauty of life where you get fulfillment is in continuous improvement. Praise the name of Jesus. And what brings continuous improvement is learning. Hallelujah. It's learning. The potential is there, but learning brings continuous improvement. And there are two aspects of learning. Uh, even in, you know, in our academics, it, you know, we all know there are two aspects of learning. The first aspect is really teaching or impartation of knowledge. All right? Learning involves somebody transferring knowledge into you. It might be a, a person standing in front of you. It might be you know, books you're reading. It might just be observing you know, every time we, uh, even when we walk around, we're learning. It might be just observing what is going on. It is transfer of knowledge, acquisition of knowledge. It's very essential to learning and improvement. But there's another thing that is very essential to learning. It is examination. Praise the name of Jesus. That is test to prove that we are truly learning. All right? Because it is very difficult to know whether you're learning or not. In fact, your rate of learning is probably going to be so slow without some form of examination. How many of us can testify to that? If you go to school, they never test you. There's never home. There's never test. You're likely going to apply yourself less, right? What causes us to really apply ourselves to learning is the understanding that somehow we are going to be tested. And it is that regular testing that makes us to absorb what we are learning well, right? And we move from one level to the other, and learning is gradual. You know, you spend six years in school, you are just better than when you started. 
It is true continuous process of somebody passing information to you and you being examined on a regular basis. Praise the name of Jesus. And examinations in life, that is how life is, is also. That's how God designed life. We learn. That's how he designed our work with him. Life in general is a process of learning, all right? We learn through acquisition of knowledge. You are acquiring some knowledge now as you are listening to me. You know, I'm transferring something to you. You are getting in. Some of us do a better job than each other. Some of us will write it down. Some of, will, some of us will listen to it again. But at least your ability to acquire knowledge is so critical to your life to the quality of the life you are going to live. So please don't take for granted the ability to learn. Your spiritual life will never go anywhere unless you prioritize learning. Hallelujah. But also with learning, God brings examination to us. The only thing about the examination of life, they are usually not scheduled, right? In, uh, you know, in our academics, you know, ex exam, we know when it is coming. In fact, now it's better in a lot of time. You can even set the date of your examination, right? You know, when you're not prepared, you move it ahead a little bit. You say, you know, I'm not ready. I can, I can do it. Live examination is very different. You, are usually, you usually don't know they're coming. But God set us up for a series of exams, and that is what tests us whether we're absorbing the knowledge or not. Praise the name of Jesus. And there are different ways God does this. Number one, life itself teaches us lessons, right? Through trials, tribulations, adversity. There are so many lessons you can learn without leaving it, right? You know, you just live life, you are going to get tested. You know, you are going to go through challenges. And some of you might be going through some challenges. You might be going through some rough things now. Some things that make things, life a little challenging to you. That's because life is a product of learning. And those things, I mean, of learning and examination. And sometimes they, they prove to you maybe you haven't learned well. And you, you know, you get to learn again. Unfortunately, many people take the same exam of life over and over again because they fail to realize, they fail to learn from it, they fail to absorb information, and therefore they get caught up in this, you know, you know, tragedy of just going through the same test over and over again and failing. Sometimes God uses other people to correct us. Uh, they don't just teach us, they correct us. God uses our friends, you know, people in our lives, our parents. They're there to, you know, to challenge us. I mean, that's a form of examination, to correct us, to test us, to push us, Teachers are there, people in authority, you know, ministers, pastors, teachers of the word of God, coaches, you know, they are there, mentors that we have. Part of their job is to administer some examination in your life. Our level of cooperation with them, receiving those corrections, applying those corrections, listening to them, being humble enough, determines how far we go in life. God, through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, also you know, 
teaches us, not just teaches us, examines us. One of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to convict us, for example, to convict us of sin, to convict us of judgment, to convict us of, you know, of righteousness, to be able to prick our heart, to examine us, to point things, you know, that is go- things that are going in the wrong direction, to point out things that we are doing right, to reinforce all those things in our lives. You know, that is the job one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit. Praise the name of Jesus. But there is another aspect which I want to talk about today. It is our ability to self-examine ourselves. That means we also can set up an examination for ourselves. You know, there is a part of it and it's a very important aspect of our life. Self-examination. You know, when I was in high school, uh, there was something we call, when I went to school, we used to have mock examination. That is, at the end of your high school, towards, towards the end, the school we conduct what is called a mock exam. A mock exam is a replica of the main exam. All right, the main exam you're going to have at the end of your high school. And when I went to high school, there used to be a general exam, major exam. Transcript is not what was used, unfortunately. It was more you take this major exam, you pass or you fail. So the school, in order to make sure we are well prepared, the school will conduct what is called a mock exam of the same standard, same quality, set the same conditions, right? You know, the same conditions, same, you know, same duration, same way, everything will be the same way. So you get your mock exam towards the end of your school. That is to show you how prepared you are for the main exam. You know, so you take this mock exam, it used to be as big as the main exam. After the mock exam, the teachers will mark it. They will give you the result that tells you areas where you are weak, areas where you are strong. So that exam becomes a very critical exam. It is actually probably the best examination to have because you get to take the real exam with no risk. Hallelujah. If you fail mock exam, yes, it's painful, but it's not. It gives you an opportunity to prepare better for the real exam that counts. Praise the name of Jesus. So that is what the scripture is talking about here in the passage we read. And there are two scriptures that I want to read for us. Uh, one is verse 5 of chapter 13 that we read. We read a few verses, about eight verses or so from chapter 13 of Second Corinthians. But I want to read verse 5 for us. Verse 5 says, examine yourself to see if your faith is genuine. He's saying, don't wait until the end, until the final exam, to find out your faith is genuine. If you wait until that time, it is too late to find out. All right? So you must practice self-examination before the main examination. So examine yourself to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourself. Conduct a test for yourself. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. So he's saying, as a child of God, one of the skills you must master is your, the ability to be able to self-examine yourself. Any believer that doesn't do test, I mean self-examination is living a very risky life. It's a very risky life 
Because it is better for you to find out now than finding out later. Praise the name of Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, from a few verses there, chapter 11, touch on a few things. But somewhere, somewhere towards the end, he touched on the, the Holy Communion, you know, administration of the Holy Communion. And he says, one of the reasons why Holy Communion is good is it gives us an opportunity to self-examine ourselves. Let's look at verse 26. It says, so then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. That's scary. You don't want to, be, you don't want to do that. And he says in verse 28, everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For those who do it, it goes on and on. But one of the things he's saying here is it gives us an opportunity. That's why Holy Communion is very, very important. That's why, you know, every opportunity for you to get in there because it's always a sober moment. It gives you an opportunity to reflect, to examine yourself, to examine your heart, to see where you are, you know, so that you can adjust, you can correct, you can self-regulate and make sure you are ready for the Lord. Hallelujah. Why is self-examination very necessary or important for a believer? It is because there is a big examination coming. All right? There is a big examination coming. It is called the judgment seat of Christ. You know, the judgment seat of Christ is the examination of believers. All right? There are two kinds of judgment. Many people don't really know that. There is what is called a white throne judgment. It's a judgment of condemnation. Most times when you read about, you know, the judgment that condemns people to hell, that is called white throne judgment. True believer in Christ Jesus, we never get to see the white throne judgment. And I pray you will never get to see the white throne judgment in the mighty name of Jesus. Because the Bible says those who shows up there... The reason why everyone will be judged is because they must be convinced. They must be shown why they need to go to hell. All right? God is not just a God that says, just go to hell. No, God doesn't do that. He shows you your life. He shows you what you did with Jesus. He shows you how, re how you rejected Jesus. So every unbeliever that doesn't accept Jesus, everyone that refused Jesus, they will come before the white throne judgment. Books will be opened, and they will be shown their life and so it will be easy for them to say, you know what, I think I deserve it. That is how God is just, because God must be just. Praise the name of Jesus. But believers in Christ Jesus, we also go through what is called the judgment seat of Christ. In fact, the actual Greek word is the word bima, B-E-M-A. It's not B-M-W. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. But it's called bima, all right? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, if you care to know, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 says, For we must all, I want you to notice that, appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due for us, the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. This is believers now. There are a lot of believers who will, I mean, who will also have to be, it's a judgment of reward. 
It's a judgment where you are rewarded for how you have lived. So it's not enough to say, look, I have accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I'm going to heaven and I'm fine. No, 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 no. You are still going to be judged. How did you live your life? We are all still going to give an account. How did I spend my time? Was I faithful with the use of my time? How did I use my gift that God has given to me? Jesus gave us a lot of parables to indicate that. Parable of the five talents. You know, all these kind of parables were to show us that we are also going to give account how we've lived our life, how we've used our tongue. You know, how we use our financial resources. You know, you might think, oh, yeah, I'm getting away with this. No, you are going to be faced with it one time, I mean, sometime. And the Bible says, that's why the Bible says there are many believers, you know, that will, that will go to heaven weeping. Hallelujah. And the Bible says God will wipe away all those tears from their eyes because it will be weeping of regret that I could have done better. I could have won souls. I could have done this. I should have given more. After all, how much is life? 80 years, 90 years, 100 years, if we are privileged, compared to a life that we're going to live forever. Hallelujah. It is so, you know, if you, if you think about it, it makes sense. It makes sense to practice delayed gratification. If you're a believer, if you're a believer, that means you believe in afterlife. I mean, if you're an unbeliever, then it doesn't make sense because you believe everything ends here. Let's just enjoy life. Let's live it. Let's finish it here. When we die, that is the end. But that is not what we believe. We believe there is life after death. We believe it doesn't hang air. In fact, we believe the life after is better than the life now. Hallelujah. So we must think about that. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 through 15 says, If anyone builds on this foundation, using gold, silver, costly stone, wood, hay, or straw, the foundation is the foundation of Christ. Right? We have accepted Christ. We must build on the foundation. Look at verse 13. Their work will be shown for what it is because the day, that is the judgment seat of Christ. You see, he uses the, uh, you know, the, 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 the uppercase D. They will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test the quality of each person's work. Wow. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burnt up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved. Did you see that? Even though as one escaping through the flames. He's saying some people will get to heaven as someone whose house and property has been burnt and they just escape. Have you seen those people? Only you escape. Everything you have, maybe you are just sleeping, you have your night's gown on and fire starts and you just run out. And you are so lucky, but every other thing just got burned. He said, that is how, that is the feeling you have. You'll be excited, you survive, but you will suffer a major loss. He's saying, I don't want you to go to heaven as someone who has just suffered a major loss. I am praying that that will not be your portion in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm praying that your work will be tested by fire and you will survive and you will get it there with joy. Praise the name of Jesus. That is why we don't want to find out that time. 
I mean, that will be a major loss. You don't want to find out, you know, at the big exam that you are not prepared. You don't want to find out at BIMA that you could be doing something, something, something better. That is why we must practice self-examination. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. And now we call it text practice, right? Isn't that what we call it? We don't call it mock. Mock is an old English, right? Text practice. All right? If you really want to do so well, if you're taking an exam, taking a professional exam, it's, uh, you know, where you're a doctor, you're an engineer, accountant, one of the, you know, the most important secrets is to make sure you do test practice. All right? No matter how you studied, if you don't do test practice, you are not likely going to be the best. You might even know the material, but you won't know how to take the exam well. All right? Because, you know, in test practice, you try to recreate as much as possible the same condition of the exam for yourself now. You pretend as if you're taking the exam so you know you assess yourself, your strength, your weakness, and you are able to prepare better for the exam. Now, test practice requires a number of things to be able to work. It requires being honest, right? If you're not honest with yourself, you're cheating on your test practice. You know, you're not doing yourself a big favor. And funny enough, a lot of people cheat on their test practice. You know, they're trying to do the test practice. They go to the back of the book to look for the answers and fill it out, you know, and just say, you know, I scored A. And they're happy. They just pat themselves in the back. What happened during the main exam? You failed. That's what happened. So to really do well, for self-exam to do its job, you must be someone that is honest about yourself, all right? It also requires self-discipline, not to cheat, to make sure you keep to the time. If the exam is going to be 60 minutes, you do it in 60 minutes and you stop, all right? You know, you know the rules of the exam, you stick to it. So it takes a lot of, it actually takes a lot of discipline. You know, it takes a lot of discipline to not be doing it and go on Facebook, go on Instagram a little bit and, you know, you know pick up your phone and do all those things. If, you, if you're not disciplined, you're not going to do very well. It's not going to benefit you very well. It requires willingness to accept the results and not make excuses for yourself, right? To be brutal about yourself. To not say, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm actually better than what that test shows. You know, I'm, you know, I know I'm better. You know, it's just the, the test that is not working well. It's just my pencil. You know, the pencil just went and marked A when I should have marked B. You know, it's just... It's just because I haven't eaten well today. It's just because, you know, I was yawning. You know, that's why I didn't. I know I'm going to do so well. Just wait for the final exam. I do so well. That's when I will really do so well. People who are not willing to accept the result now, you know, they are going to suffer the consequence. But people who are honest, people who are disciplined, people who are willing to accept the result and make the changes necessary, we do so well in the final exam. That's what I want to challenge you about today because I want you to do so well in the final exam. And you will do well in Jesus' name. The Bible says in Proverbs 20 verse 6, many claim to have unfailing love. Many persons or many people will proclaim their goodness. But a faithful person who can find. It requires being faithful. It requires being, you know, being diligent, being honest, being sincere in your assessing of yourself. 
being brutally honest. Don't, not living a life of blaming a lot of us. That's how we live our life. When things aren't working for us, we blame somebody. We find somebody, you know, we blame circumstance. We blame our parents who didn't leave you a lot of money. You know, if they have worked very hard, they left me a lot of inheritance. I'll be doing better now. You blame your friends who didn't support you, who are not there for you. You know, you blame your, you know, your boss. You blame your this. You blame this. You blame everything. You find something to blame instead of looking into the mirror. The Bible says anyone that looks into the perfect law of liberty, when we look into the word of God, one of the things the word of God does to us, if you are sincere, is to give us a picture of what we are meant to be. So we are able to compare and we are challenged. But the Bible says we look in there, what we do is we just forget what we've just seen. We choose to forget. We choose not to make the correction. We choose not to examine ourselves. We choose not to have reflection. We choose not to have time when we are going to look at ourselves and say, you know what, how am I doing? They, not, they don't go before God and say, Lord, how is it between you and I today? We don't go and say, you know, what is my heart? How is my love life? Am I loving people the way Jesus wants me to love people? Am I living the way he wants me to live? Am I a good steward of my finances or am I cheating God? Am I robbing him? Am I spending the way he wants me to spend? Am I being a good friend to my friend? Am I, am I being sincere? Am I being faithful? Can my friend say I am being a good friend? Am I being a good husband? You know, instead of just being defensive, oh, I do this, you know, yeah, you point to what you do, but you know a million things you don't do, all right? Are you being a good wife, or you just somebody, you blame everything, you blame this? How, do you schedule that? As a child of God, we must always look at ourselves and say, I'm, I'm doing regular self-examination. Give account. How do I spend my time? You know, once in a while, you should actually account for how you spend your time in a day. You might realize that you're not doing well. You're not investing much in yourself. You know, you're not. You should actually, you know, at the beginning of the year or regularly as much as you can, you should really say, how am I investing, for example, your money? Am I really investing my money? I'm just spending it. This majority of my money just going to buying things that won't even go anywhere. Am I investing for my future? Am I investing in the kingdom? Take a look at this. How about, how am I investing in my life, my spirit, soul, and body? Those are some of the things I look at. You know, we have spirit, we have soul, we have body, right? Am I investing more on my body? Many of us, when you invest, invest more on your physical body than on your spiritual body, Right? You can spend a lot on your hair, on your whatever, make everything. But, you know, to spend $25 to attend a conference, you're like, oh, that's too expensive. <laughs> oh, that's not, who, who does that? You know, but to buy a $200 shoe, oh, you know, that's not, and that's okay, that's okay. You know, that's fine. You know, that's, sometimes that shows how, what is our value? You know, some of these things which you examine, how is my heart? You know, your relationship. You know, you're always in trouble with people. You're always fighting. Every ministry you belong to, you fought somebody. But it's all their fault. It's just because they are not mature people. If they are really mature, they are really in the spirit. They just know me. They understand how I walk with people. I won't really have a lot of problems. People just don't know who I am. But you are the only person that is constant in all the problems. All right? 
But if they all can know you, they can know your heart, they can really know how God made you, wired you, you won't be having all the problems. That's how we deceive ourselves. Instead of looking in the mirror, into the mirror and say, you know, why am I having these challenges? Why are all my friends, they complain about this concerning me? You know, I need to do something about it. I need to confront it. You know, when you begin to confront that, you will become a better person. You will find those things that are weak in your life. And the good thing about us as human beings, God has given us an incredible, incredible power to self-regulate. An incredible power to make adjustment when we are willing to make it. Do you see how our body adjusts? Adjust to the weather, adjust to change of environment, adjust to things. I mean, there was a time I used to, I used to take the train and I would vow I can never drive an hour to work. I mean, that's impossible. You know, I think I'm just, oh, that would never happen to me. No, 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 no. It's train. Then something shifted in my job and I have to drive to the city. I have to drive. You know, and after a while, I mean, after driving for, you know, four weeks, I'm like, you know, I think I really like this driving. You know, I can... I can listen to a lot of music. I can listen. I can even pray in the spirit, in the, in the, you know, in my car while driving. You know, somehow what looked like it was just a punishment be, became something that I really love. That I really, because our mind is such an incredible thing. It's flexible. Our mind is flexible. Our brain is flexible. Ability to learn, relearn is so powerful. Only we don't take advantage of it. Hallelujah. But it will take someone that is reflective. That's why the Bible says it is better to go to the house of money than to go to where there's party. That's the scripture. Where is all funfair? There are so many of us, that's all we like. We like noise. We like funfair. We like jumping. We like where there is, you know, all kind of noise. We don't like something that will force us to be reflective. So the Bible says it's better to go to the house of money because in the house of money, we reflect. You know, we are forced to confront our own mortality. We are forced to make adjustment. You know, we come home, we say, you know what, I want to be a better father now. You know, because I've, you know, I can just go anytime. You know, I want to be a better friend. I want to be a better son, child. You know, it forces us to reflect. So as believers, we must find time regularly to really reflect. Reflect on your life. You are going to do so well. It's something you have to do. If you don't add that to all the other examination you are going to face, you are missing a very powerful skill. Assess your, your career. Do you do self-reflection? Or you just go? Or the issue of your job. How have you done? Have, are you always being fired from your job? And it's all their fault. They just don't know who I am. I mean, if they know what I, if they know what I carry, man, I mean, they will, they will, you know, it's, you know, but it's always a problem. It's always a challenge. You are always late to everywhere you go. Always late. Always late. And it's, you've never done a self-reflection. You know, maybe it's, you know, your value of time is something is wrong. Your value of people, something is wrong. How can you correct that? We must always reflect on our personal life. The good thing is we are so good at helping other people to reflect. Oh, oh my God, we're so good. 
and helping on. I mean, that person could have been doing. Oh, I wish so 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 was in this church now, listening to this message. Oh, oh my God, her life will be so better than what you know. That lousy life she's living will be better. Oh, you missed a wonderful message. You know, and you're thinking it, if you're thinking about it right now. No, this is for you. <laughs> this is for Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If we are going to practice it every once in a while, you are going to see a remarkable change in your entire life. I'm going to go through a few things, and we're going to close what is the power of self-examination? Number one, self-examination allows us to see what God is doing in our lives. Most times we don't. We are so blind. We are blind to see what God is doing in our lives. It's because we are not reflective. The song says, count your blessing, name them one by one. Right? I need to surprise you what the Lord has done. I mean, I've seen couples, they come, they just sometimes they are fighting, they think this marriage is it's terrible, you know, it's been negative. I mean, they blaming the husband, blaming the wife. I mean, you sit down through, you, you begin to point out, there's a lot of great things happening in this marriage. You know, if you list 10 things, you have at least seven things going well. But you focus on the three things that are not going well, and you think it's terrible. That's because we don't reflect. Self-examination. Reflection, and it is, is you have to you have to find time to actually think through. And thinking through means you take a pen and you look through. You say, you know what, what has God God done for me lately? What has He done in my life? How has my life? What is the story of my life? If I really want to reflect on my life as a whole. Yeah, it's been a lot of challenges, but you discover that there's been a lot of positive things. You might even discover that you've been a blessing to a lot of people more than you think. You might discover that you have tasted the goodness of God more than you think. Instead of going about comparing your life with other people, why just go sit between you and God and say, God, I really want to examine myself. It allows you to see what God is also doing. Because sometimes it's not just what God has done, it's what he's also doing now. You see, self-reflection allows you to see what God is teaching you now. Many times God is beckoning, he's teaching you, he's pricking you, he's, you know, he's tweaking you, he's doing all that. You're not even paying attention. And that's because you don't spend time to listen. You don't spend time to reflect. You don't spend time to journal. Every once in a while, just take a pen, take a piece of paper and say, you know what, I just want to reflect on my life. It allows you to see what God is doing. Because if you see what God is doing, you can cooperate with God more. Hallelujah. Self-examination allows you to see the progress you've made in life. Sometimes we don't know the progress you've made. Sometimes you don't see how far you've gone. Sometimes you're actually better than you. Sometimes we beat ourselves down so badly. I'm not a good person. I'm not a good Christian. I'm just failing. You know, I can't even pray an hour. I can't even do this. I can't even do that. But, you know, if you really reflect, sometimes you might realize, you know what? I've actually made a lot of progress. 
you know, you know, I've made a lot of progress. I'm not what I used to be. I'm not who I used to be. You know, I'm actually doing better. You, you know, sometimes we need to really realize that. You know, but many times our mind is so negative, is so negative, and, and that, because negative things actually, they, they shout louder. All right? You know, someone can be in a church, everyone loves them, everyone greets them. Two people don't like them in the church. And they say, they don't like me in that church. A church of 500 people, they don't like me there. How many? Two people. 498 people love you, greet you. The person that did not greet you is the person you noticed. So, so, so did not even greet me. I walk into the church and you walk to that place. But at least 100 people are hugging you. They are doing all this. And you walk out of the church thinking of that one person. You see, our mind has a way of conspiring against us. You know, making us, things, making us to think things are worse, things are terrible. Even as a pastor, sometimes some criticism can knock you down. I mean, it used to knock. I mean, for a whole week, somebody says something, and you're just like, wow, that's what is bugging you. You wake up in the middle of the night, you're just like, Buck. just one thing. I mean, but there are hundred ones that are just screaming to, to get your attention. And that's our life. You know, self-examination. If you don't do self-examination, your life will be roller coaster. You can see the progress you've made. Self-examination allows you to count your blessing. It, it enhances your worship, your praise, and thanksgiving. If you do self-examination regularly, you're going you're to you're do thanksgiving more. You're going to realize, you know, you've been saved from a lot of things. You've been, you've been, God has favored you. And there have been times when it looked like hope was lost and somehow something happened. You know, you must memorize all those things, all right? And make sure you are able to, you know, praise God for that. Hallelujah. Self-examination allows us to cooperate with God in this work of transformation. Philippians 2, 12 and 13 says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Verse 13 says, For it is God who works in you to will and to do, to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. God is working in your life. You are a work in progress. God is doing some things in your life. God is doing some things. He's working. He's putting people in your life. He's pushing you into places. Why are you where we are? Why do you know who you know? Why have you met the people you've met? Why are you working the way you are? There's some things God is working in your life. But if you can see it, you are able to cooperate with God. You know, we can really do nothing but what God is doing. Hallelujah. You know, when we do evangelism, I tell people, don't go and argue with people, right? If people really want to fight you, they want to come out with this, just know that God is not working on them yet. So you don't need to. I mean, there are people God has prepared. There are people that you speak to them, they might not even look, but God has been working on them already. Maybe they had a dream last night. Maybe somebody's been doing something. They've been reflecting on their life. You go there. What do you see? You see an open door. I mean, they welcome you. They want to listen. They, you know, those are the people you should spend your time with. You know, so that's the same thing with our lives. God is working something. But if we don't take time to reflect, we're going to miss a lot of things that is going on. If you're just always going, 
Always busy. Going home from one job to another. Going home from job to this. Running around. Always busy. Never really take time to reflect. You're not going to discover things. You're not going to hear God. Many people say, I don't hear God. You know, God speaks to people. He doesn't. It's because you don't reflect. You don't take time. You're always busy. Your mind is noisy. Your life is noisy. Everything is loud. Everything is active, moving. Find time to practice self-reflection with the purpose of self-examination. You are going to discover a lot of things about you, about life, about God that will really take you to where God wants you to, to take you. I want us to bow down our heads. Let's bow down our heads. Let's reflect on this a little bit. I'll give you a, a few seconds to personally reflect on how this has affected you. Personally reflect. Personally reflect. Give you a few seconds. Just think through your life and ask the Holy Spirit, how does this affect me? What do I need to do with this word? How can I, you know, what, what do I need to do with this? I want you to show me. You know, God is working in every one of us, no matter how many of 300, whatever we are here. God is doing something. God is different. I mean, God is that complex. He can deal with each one of us personally. I want you to ask him. Just reflect on that. If you're here, you have not given your life to Jesus. I want you to, you're missing a lot. Or maybe you're backsliding. Maybe you used to walk with him. You don't walk with him as much anymore. Wow, you have an incredible opportunity to make it right with God. I'd like you to raise up your right hand as I pray for you. If anyone is here, you want to say, you know what, I think I need to really give my life to you. I need to surrender my life. I don't want this opportunity to pass you by. Just wave your right hand. Is anyone here? Anyone here? Hallelujah. Thankfully, we are saved. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, I welcome you into this place. I invite you. I invite you. You know us. You know us. You know us more than we know ourselves. You know those crooked areas of our life that we need to work on. You know those stubborn areas of our lives that we are just stubborn. We're just, we're not giving you room. We're not giving you ch chance. You know. But today we want to really, we need your help. We want to surrender them to you. We want you to walk in us. As you walk in us to will and to do of your good pleasure, we want to be in a place and a position where we can cooperate with you better. We want to be people who practice self-examination, not just people who live through busy lives, you know, without spending time getting in touch with you. Help us. Thank you, Father. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah.